Kaysan Wallace struggles in game two of NBA Summer League for his rookie season. Adding context, though, to Kaysan's struggles. Plus, the Thunder may have lost to Houston, but they have a couple members of the all-juice team. We'll talk about that coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. You can even text the show, 405-963-3686, to get involved with subtext where we can just have a direct line of communication and your takes on there will be recapped on the show as well. So a part of you will be on the pod. If you go and text 405-963-3686. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking thunder basketball jam packed week on the pod to this week. Yesterday we talked transactions and roster crunch and expectations for this season. Today, we are recapping game two in Vegas. Tomorrow, we're going to recap the Pacers game. Thursday, your mailbag questions along with the play-in tournament. And then Friday, we're going to recap that Wizards contest. So let's dive into the show. So in this game, Trey Mann was announced to be out for the rest of Summer League He has a laceration on his finger. We mentioned on the pod before that he was favoring that hand at the last Salt Lake City game, uh, and then now he's out for the rest of Summer League. Uh, Obviously, you know J-Dub is out for the rest of Summer League. However, in this game specifically, Jeremiah Robinson Earl did not play. Chet did not play. J-Will did not play. Usman Jang did not play. uh, Jared Butler did not play. Though it does not mean that they're shut down. NBA TV reporter was saying that they're going to play tomorrow. So I would imagine, though, that tomorrow is the last look. So make sure you're around the television for tomorrow's contest. I don't think that uh, Kaysen would necessarily play on the second night of a back-to-back, but we'll see. That's not that's just a guess uh, because it's a back-to-back in summer league. So I think that they kind of staggered the roster where uh, they're going to give the guys that played a lot tonight a night off tomorrow and then vice versa. The guys that had a night off today will have a night off tomorrow. Uh, but we'll see if that prediction is true. So a note on that, that the, that like Chet and those guys are going to play again, Jared Butler being out was interesting because you would imagine that you'd want the most amount of chances to look at a guy who you're evaluating for a two way slot as possible. The organization does like Jared Butler. They had him under a two way deal last year. Um, but I think that it was more so in the vein of staggering these guys to get you some bodies for tomorrow than anything else that left the starting lineup for the thunder to be Kaysen Wallace, Jaden Shackerford, Zaire Smith, Hunter Malnado, and KJ Williams. Lindy waters. The third was also in attendance today, despite having his option declined. So maybe that can be a storyline there as well for maybe he'll be back on a two way deal. Who knows? 
the biggest story and takeaway from this game was that 10th overall pick, Kaysen Kassan, don't call me Carson Wallace. He struggled a bit in this game. But I think that that blanket statement is devoid of context around why he struggled. Because there were some good things. I, I like his ability to throw lob passes. Like, like that touch and feel for his passing is awesome. His range was fully on display. I mean, he hit that half-court shot in his first game, but tonight he hit one that was two, three steps behind the three-point line. I thought that it was interesting to see him matched up with Cam Whitmore, who, of course, is a bigger matchup for him, but he still took that challenge in stride. He had a nice and-one floater through the lane, which was incredible. I like the way that he breaks down his matchups off the dribble, but the glaring box score is going to show you 12, you know, two for 12 from the floor, one for eight from three, a, a guy who had, you know, five turnovers that is lacking context. That is lacking why he was, you know, so quote unquote bad in this game. Yes. The Rockets were playing G leaguers. So were the thunder. Like, this was a G League versus G League matchup with only one prominent player on each side. And it's no surprise that that's why Cam Whitmore struggled a bit. That's why Kaysen Wallace struggled a bit. Like, they're the focal point. They are the only person on the court who the other team is trying to make a statement against. So when you get double-teamed, triple-teamed, and harassed, and, and we've talked before about how in summer league you get 10 fouls, so guys are more aggressive than they typically are. Guys are more um, willing to hack and to swipe because, hey, if you get away with it, that's great. And if you don't, well, you got 10 fouls, so who cares? And spacing was a total issue. I mean, I mean by, by Kaysen's second turnover, I tweeted out, hey, he's going to rack up a lot of turnovers tonight because the spacing is so bad. And that's what happened. The majority of these turnovers were not as though Kaysen was making a bad decision or uh, didn't know how to adjust to a defense. It was just a lack of spacing. And he also did some really good things. Like he had a nice dump off pass to KJ Williams, uh, who should have finished it. But for some reason, Kaysen was forced to try to finish on the other side of the rim, like opposite of where he started at, which was in traffic. And uh, he, he got blocked and it just didn't work out. Uh, but that was a great pass that didn't amount to anything in the box score. He had a beautiful stealing transition, like, like a tool that is really going to help the Thunder uh, was whenever they were bailing down on him in transition. They had the numbers putting rim pre pressure on the Thunder and Casey Wallace just deflects it, you know, swats it off of the guy's knee out of bounds, OKC ball. So in the midst of, you know, a five turnover, a rebound, three assist, eight point night where he shoots one for eight from three and two for 12 from the floor, uh, he still had some highlights to, worth talking about. And his mistakes were very explainable and very common. Like most of th these guys in, in summer league are going to have a couple stinkers because of the context and the circumstances. I mean, even Victor Mignano, like after his first game, people were panicking after his first game. He came back the second game was awesome. This is the reverse of that for Casey Wallace. His first game, you know, everyone crowned him. Everyone tried to push Lou Dort out the, out the door frame. Uh, in the second game, people are, are, are nervous, but they shouldn't be. This is just part of the process. This is just part of Summer League. It's part of the context around Summer League as well. So I'm interested to see, uh, you know, kind of how he rebounds, whether it be against the Pacers, which 
maybe it will, but it's a second night of back-to-back, so we'll see. Or the Wizards, or maybe it is not until you know the preseason. Who knows what, what's going to happen with you know his next game? But I'm interested to see kind of how he re- how he rebounds from this outing. Now his fellow rookie Keontae Johnson had a really nice night and had a lot of positive things about his game, and we'll get to that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Ibotta, folks, because I love saving money. And so do you. I know you love saving money because we all love saving money. And so it is officially summertime. You're finally taking that summer vacation that you've been planning, but you've been dreading to buy all the necessities before you take off. It's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return. Here comes Ibotta entering the chat because they can help you save money and get cold, hard cash back on hundreds of grocery items with produce to personal care to pantry goods, you can just save money on anything and beat inflation uh, because no matter what you're purchasing, you can get money back. You either you either link your loyalty accounts to these stores onto Ibotta or just simply upload your receipt. It's as simple as that. Uh, after you shop and you can get cash back, it's that easy. My favorite part about Ibotta, sure, they, they save the average you know customer $120 per year. The thing is, that's true money. That's true dollars per year. It's not like these points that some places give you that really don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash, like, like real cash uh, to put in your bank account or your, your PayPal or wherever you want to put it, or even just get it in gift cards. Like you, but you get the cash, not points with Ibotta, and that is the big thing. You can get cash back on hundreds of online brands and realtors. When you get started with Ibotta, you can even go to Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and many more. So go right now because Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. You just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store. You download the free Ibotta app and you use the code Locked On. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store with the code LOCKED, and you're going to be able to get a free $5 just for trying it out, as well as all of these other benefits that we've mentioned. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Keontae Johnson. He's got the juice. He's got the juice. And you everydayers listening to this podcast, you know that we've been raving about two specific players leading up to Summer League. Keontae Johnson, 55th overall pick in the 2013 NBA draft, and undrafted rookie Kayla McConnell. And they both, they both showed out in a big way today. And you were expecting it. You could have been the smart friend holding around the television out at the bar last night, you know, saying, I, I know all about Kelly Johnson and all about Kelly McConnell if you were an everyday or listening to this show. I appreciate those of you that are. Keontae Johnson, he is this interesting play finisher for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I think that we're seeing that that three-point shot is real. He even hit one a step or two behind the line in this contest. He shot 40% from deep in college, 45% on catch-and-shoot looks, and people wondered if that was kind of a, an outlier season at Kansas State, if that was a you know maybe a fake, you know, percentage, a fake number for him, but it looks real. And he looks truly comfortable shooting the three in this case. And so when you, when you look at 
Kathy Johnson, he is a player that can have a microwave impact. He comes off the bench in the first quarter, and he reminds you, these are, these are 10-minute quarters. So coming off the bench, no matter when you get inserted in, you're kind of already behind the eight ball. You've lost two minutes already. And he has 11 points in the first quarter. And he had multiple plays, like the, the, the huge rebound and put back over three rockets, where he plays bigger than he is, and he shows his impact. I am so interested to see him continue to progress through levels of competition. He played SEC basketball, played Big 12 basketball, now playing Summer League. He's going to play some in the G League, and then he's going to get some NBA minutes. Because I want to see how much of this strength is real. Because in this game, he could just punish you. He could finish through you, over you. He he could just get to his spots. Uh, th- these floaters that are cutting through the lane with three guys draped all over him, like he could just do it. And so as the level of play and competition rises, as the level of oppositional strength rises, can you still outmuscle teams? Can you still, you know, kind of use your strength to your advantage? And I think that he can, in large part because he understands how to use his strength. Some guys have pure strength, but they they treat it like a battering ram and just kind of lower their head down there and try to be a bowling ball to the rim. And it, and it more often than not results in either a smoking the layup in general, or B of course, an offensive foul where it doesn't matter if you could hit the shot or not. Cause it's a turnover, but he stays under control. He uses his strengths at the proper time. And the third thing that I really loved is that he stays in the action. He doesn't give up on plays. Like there was a, there was a rebound where a, a guy chucks the ball up with like, you know, what, three, five seconds left on the shot clock. And instead of just getting back on defense and calling it a lost possession, he, he stays home, blitzes toward the rim, and gets the rebound, one of his five rebounds. 19 points, and assist, one for three from three, 64% from the floor. Kathy Johnson had a huge impact in this game, and he was part of the Thunder making some runs to try to make this game close. Now, credit to the Rockets, because they, they countered every single run, but Keontae was really good tonight. And... and, and was really good coming off the bench. And I think that that caught a lot of people by surprise that he was going to come off the bench. I wonder, and again, it's just a guess, but I wonder if that's partly um, a group decision from Cam, from Mark, from Sam, of like, hey, this guy's this guy's not going to hit the starting lineup. Let's see how he can stay prepared, stay, stay ready off the bench. As, as a guy who, you know, was, you know, a starter last year at Kansas State, and and I presume has not come up much a whole ton in his in his life, in his basketball life, in the grand scheme of things. Obviously, um, you know he's only played in college for a few years with um, Florida, and then transferred to Kansas State. But like in general, it's not his it's not his normal roles coming off the bench. So I wonder how much of it was like, hey, bring him off the bench, like a, a role that we're going to need him in, and see how he thrives. And that's partly why I've been excited about Casey Wallace, excited about Keontae, excited about these guys. Because Cam and David, uh, you know, and uh, and David, they've been putting these guys in spots and in situations that the Thunder are going to use them in. So it's one thing to have a good game in Summer League. But if you're doing things that aren't repeatable, that aren't within what you're going to be constricted by and asked to do in the NBA, it doesn't really matter. That's not the case with Kaysen and, and, and Keontae. Like, they're doing things that they're going to be asked to do in the NBA. And they're filling that role already in summer league. So that, that was really encouraging uh, to see that 
all go down. It was also encouraging to watch Kayla McConnell. In his first 47 seconds of action, his first 47 seconds, he got a steal. I've written articles about Kayla McConnell. I've made podcasts about Kayla McConnell. He has the juice. He has the right stuff. And he's going to be on a two-way contract somewhere. And I really hope it's in Oklahoma City. But he's going to make it in this league. That activity cannot be undersold on the defensive end. His ability to soar in and get offensive rebounds, uh, you know, off of a, a late heave in the shot clock and, and help you regain possession is huge. And he had multiple plays where his defense was a massive bright spot. A lot of the times defense, and I've said this before about like Lou Dort and other guys, a lot of the times his defense, you know, if you're watching a defensive player, he can go kind of unnoticed because it's harder for fans sitting at home to pick up on the nuances and, and the little things that guys are doing to be good defenders. With Caleb McConnell, he is a loud good defender. He doesn't let you forget about him on the court. He doesn't let you not realize the impact he's having on the court. He had a play where this is all one play. Gets a deflection, so the ball goes out of bounds. Houston has to reset their half-court offense with a depleted roster. OKC gets to reset their defense and get in position. Leads to a stop on that possession. Caleb McConnell gets the rebound to officially end Houston's possession. Keontae Johnson is running the floor in transition as he thrived in college. McConnell hits him with a beautiful outlet pass. Keontae Johnson slams it home. It all starts because of that initial deflection. That's how you get the stop. He had a beautiful roll to the bucket for an and one whenever the defense blitzes Jemias Ramsey on the pick, on the, on the pick and roll. Uh, Ramsey finds McConnell. McConnell scores. Another play where the deflection is the, the opportunity here. He has a deflection with 10 seconds left on the shot clock. And that deflection causes Houston to scramble and causes Houston to throw up a half-court prayer, which did not go in. And, you know, Kaysen's half-court shot was the same way, where it was like, it was a half-court prayer, and it just so happened to go in. Hey, let's force guys to take half-court prayers more often. And some of them are going to go in, like Kaysen's did against the Mavericks on Saturday, but a lot of them are going to miss. And you're going to get stops. It's going to add up over time. He also is able to block a three-pointer in the corner with perfectly timed rotation to get over there and to get the block. And that block goes out of bounds, and now you get to set up your defense, and Houston only has five seconds left to make something happen on the shot clock. Now, granted, Houston ran a great inbounds play. Uh, they, they had a backdoor cut right behind Keontae Johnson, who fell asleep a little bit, and scored. But if you tell me that I've got a lineup out there of Keontae Johnson, Caleb McConnell, on a two-way, both of them, those guys on a two-way, plus Wallace, plus Chet, you know, and Dort, whatever, I, I'll take, I'll take defending for five seconds, nine times out of 10 with this defense. And really with anyone on the floor, because like the Thunder have played extremely well defensively ever since Mark has arrived in OKC. He is a certified dog on the defensive end. It's fun watching him play because if you, if you just load up the game right now, right, go on YouTube, Synergy, where whatever you got, you know, and I, and I love to do this with Kevin McConnell. This is this is a little uh, dirty secret for you. I've already done this three times. 
after the game ended and before we record this podcast. Load up Synergy. Tab it over to defense on Caleb McConnell's page. Hit the possession box. Just watch the possessions back from this game. Even on plays where he's not, you know, directly involved, you can see him off ball gambling and guessing, oh, they're gonna they're gonna pass it to my guy. And he's able to do that and gamble and guess. And he's able to be wrong. Most guys can't be wrong. If most most guys, if they guess and they're wrong, you know, taking a gamble, then they've blown their assignment, they've they've collapsed the possession, and it's over. It's all over. Caleb McConnell is a is affording himself the right to be wrong when gambling the passing lanes because he can recover so so quickly. He also took a charge in this one. He had a play which showed his motor where he's at the rim. He gets absolutely hacked, so he missed the layup. And did he give up on the play? Did he start complaining to the refs? Did he did he did he just let that play end? No, he dove for the ball, got a tie up in a jump ball scenario. Most guys there complain to the refs or just get back on defense. He fought for the ball. And another thing, you know, if you're able, go load up the game, go watch Caleb McConnell, and, and don't take your eyes off him. Don't watch the ball. Don't watch the game. Watch Caleb McConnell. His ability to fight through screens and stay attached to his mat- matchup, that is elite-level stuff. Like, that is elite-level stuff, an elite tool in his arsenal. He finishes with six points, 10 rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block. Uh, I believe Caleb McConnell is going to be a two-way player in this league this season and has done enough in summer league to warrant that. I hope it's for OKC, but I believe it's going to be somewhere. Like Teams are not going to let this slide under the radar. And that's the value of this setting when you're doing this in front of a ton of decision makers. So coming up, Let's talk KJ Williams. Let's talk Jemias Ramsey. And let's talk Jaden Shackelford as well as how did the Thunder lose this game? We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out Lockdown NBA. Folks, we're here for you all week. We're recapping the Pacers game tonight. We're going to do your mailbag questions on Thursday. We're going to do the Wizards recap on Friday. So it's another jam-packed week here at Lockdown Thunder. You can also text the show 405-963-3686 on subtext to get your takes heard on the show, to get your questions heard on the show, to get insider info, everything you want over at subtext and just communicate uh, during games as well. So check it out over at subtext. So KJ Williams, he did nothing elite in this game, nothing eye-popping, Nothing extraordinary, and that's not a slight on him because all he was doing was being in the right spot, was being technically sound, and was making good decisions. And that all added up to a 19.13 rebound triple, you know, a double-double with one turnover and only five fouls down low, one for four from three, 61% from the floor, had some nice finishes around the rim. He's interesting. Like his size, his mobility, his ability to clean up the glass, call him Mr. Clean. You know, he knocked down that three. You can make the case for a lot of these guys to, to, to warrant a two-way slot. And I would say that KJ's argument would be, you know, you don't have that many long 6'10", 245-pound, 23-year-olds on this roster. And 
look, I'll continue to repeat. I understand that like the Thunder, if they get to a point where they're heavily relying on their two-way guys, something's gone wrong, someone's gotten hurt, something's happened. But but I'm also of the belief that the Thunder maximized the G League better than anybody. They, they, they maximized development. They maximized the roster spots. They maximized the two-way ability better than anybody. And I'm also a believer, secondarily, but also attached to that, of if you give Mark enough pieces and you give him enough wrinkles, he's going to find ways to exploit matchups. And so the argument for K.J. Williams, if he can play like this consistently, to get on a two-way deal would be, hey, if I give Mark a 6'10", lengthy 245-pounder, he's going to be able, on certain nights, to extract value from that. It was like Olivier Saar. Olivier Saar last year wasn't the best player on the G League team. He didn't even beat up G League competition. You know, Sasha Kilia Jones, you know, was down there playing well. Other guys around the league were playing well in G League. But like Olivier Saar, for the 10 minutes or, or five minutes here, 10 minutes there, you would need him. He was this just totally different look for Mark to put out there. It's like a traditional big man. And so giving Mark more, you know, different looks, he knows how to flip around the Rubik's Cube. And so that would be the argument for KJ Williams, along with getting somebody who I believe will be in the right spot, in the right position, and technically sound each and every game. It's a lot like backup quarterback. You know, you can look at a, at the backup quarterback position and you can say, you know, I think that Shane Bouchel has more upside to him than Chad Henney. And that's true. But if you've got to go to your backup quarterback, and away from Patrick Mahomes, you're not looking for upside. You're looking to save your season and praying that it's going to be a one or two or three game thing. If it's anything more than that, the upside doesn't matter because the season's over. And so in a one or two or three game scenario, would you rather have a steady hand like Chad Henney, who's not going to lose you a game and you scheme around him? Or would you rather have this upside hot shot, young gun and quarterback and Shane Bouchel? I'd rather have the guy who's for sure not going to lose me a game and might be just enough to, you know, get over the hump. Same type of thing with this third two-way deal. Would you rather have this extraordinary... ...somebody who, in a pinch, could go in there, give you spot minutes as a, as a spot guy, and then also sprinkle in a different little look for your, for your lineup. It's an interesting argument. And, you know, if you're listening to a Daily Thunder podcast in July, I think that you want to have these arguments too. So we'll be doing this uh, for, for a while until this roster, get, roster gets settled. But uh, he, he, he does have a, a more interesting argument than some of these other players, but, but it's going to be fierce because you only get three spots. One's already dedicated to Kathy Johnson. So you only have two more open. And you have Jared Butler. You have Caleb McConnell. You have KJ Williams. You have other guys around the league uh, who, who could warrant that spot. Lindy Waters, of course, could warrant that spot. So like, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Let's talk Jemias Ramsey. Look, I, up front, I am biased toward uh, Jemias Ramsey. I, I love watching him play. He's fun to cover in the G League, fun to talk to in the G League. Uh, but, you know, in this game, I thought that he showed, you know, why he has not yet gotten a second shot. You know, I talked to scouts at these G League games. You know, it's, it's very empty at these G League games, except for on field trip days, which... 
you know, are, are very loud. But uh, in general, you, 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 it's kind of a more free-flowing environment. And a lot of the scouts, you know, whenever I ask about you know, Jemais Ramsey, say, you know, hey, we don't think that his scoring can, can translate to the NBA. And in this environment, he goes two for five from the floor, 11 points, two assists. He had some nice buckets, but he also was more so that battering ram trying to over bull rush you to the rim, and it cost an offensive foul on him. It cost um, a layup that he just smoked. Uh, but overall, he had some tough finishes. He, he was fluid dribbling, dribbling the ball. He showed some nice passing ability that he hadn't really shown in the G League. Uh, and I think that as he gets his feet back under him and he gets more opportunity, because remember, he's coming into this cold for all intents and purposes. I think that he'll be better as the week goes on. Uh, but, you know, not not a great initial first impression. I will say that Jemias Ramsey is a great nickname, uh, elite nickname. If if, uh, if you were in Vegas and lucky enough to be there, you probably heard Cam Woods screaming Rambo. That's, that is the best thing about going to the to G League games, you know, covering every single G League game at home and, and hearing Cam Woods yell, Rambo, Rambo, Rambo. Uh, that's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Jaden Shackerford. I wrote in the Thunder Sententious game grades for the Dallas game that Jalen Williams played like Jalen Williams. J. Will played like J. Will. Like, and then there's not much more you can learn from that. And I share that same sentiment on Lockdown Thunder. And, and in that same game, I said, you know, Jaden Shackelford played like Jaden Shackelford. And that's not exactly the same compliment. I think what happened tonight, as he goes for 16 points, but he shot 31% from the floor, I think what happened tonight was that he was pressing the issue. He was a bit out of control and he was doing things that he didn't even try to do on a random Tuesday afternoon in, in December in the G league. And I think that we have to give these guys more credits and more, I don't know if sympathy is the right word, but like more, more sympathy in the sense of like, yeah, he took some questionable shots. He, he, did not look comfortable out there. He looked like he was trying to do too much. But this is a job interview. And how many times have you gone into a job interview or even talked to your bosses who have already hired you and you just blurt out this, this nervous nothingness and you try to do too much or you try to do too little or you just get you know nervous or whatever? It's the same type of thing. You're playing in front of like these NBA decision makers and decision makers of you know overseas clubs and everything else trying to get yourself your next contract, trying to get yourself your next job. And you want to press the issue. You want to play outside yourself, do more than uh, you know what you typically try to do. And I think that that's kind of what got Jaden Shireford in this game and what's gotten him a little bit uh, throughout the entire summer league portion. Because in the G League setting, where it's a more kind of stable environment, comfortable environment, hey, you know you've got a G League contract the rest of the year. Uh, he was much under, he was much more under control, picked his spots a lot better, uh, played within the flow a lot better. Like he was a much better player with the blue than what he's shown in the summer league. And I think it's just a nervous nature of it, which is human nature, which happens to all of us in these type of settings. Like this is their job. This is their job fair, right? How many times you've walked into a job fair and you're, you're, you're in a suit and you're sweating and you're nervous and, and, and you want to make a good first impression. Then you try to do, uh, do too much. And I think that's what's happening a little bit with a Shackleford. So the Thunder lost because Houston was, whew, they were red hot from three and the Thunder were not. The Thunder shot 15% from beyond the arc. And that's pretty much all you need to know. Uh, in the second quarter, the Thunder went ice cold. There was a 21 to four run by Houston in that second quarter. In the third quarter, the Thunder went on 11-0 run and then the Rockets immediately go on a 10-0 run. 
OKC got it back within single digits, and then boom, Houston goes back up by 15 with like five minutes left in the game. The Thunder won rebounding, but they had more turnovers. They won points in the paint, and they won second chance points, and the the Rockets won fast break points. OKC shot 41-15-70. Houston shot 53-35-66. Houston got up 18 points. There were two ties and never a lead change because OKC never led. The Thunder had four in double figures. My MVP of this game, I'm going to go Keontae Johnson in this one, but you know I'm very partial to Kayla McConnell as well. Mentioned it before, Lockdown Thunder jam-packed Wednesday, Pacers recap Thursday, mailbag Friday, Wizards recap. So make sure you stay locked in and subscribe to Lockdown Thunder anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Also uh, follow me on threads there as well. You can text the show for all five, nine, six, three, three, six, eight, six. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.